Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 676. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Uh, They're absolutely free. Only let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. There, There it is, I said, free, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message uh, today from the book of 1 Corinthians, and we'll be doing chapter 10, or as much of it as uh, I will be able to do uh, in um, expounding and so on. But I've got music, and I also have some letters for you. Right now, let's pray. Father, we thank and praise your name. Pour out uh, your spirit. Let the people in this world know that there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. This chapter will explain that very quickly to everyone. Satan was saved at one time when he was called Lucifer, but he backslid. One third of the angels in the kingdom of heaven were saved, and yet they left God. And they're waiting in chains of darkness to spend eternity in the lake of fire with Satan and all those that follow him and follow the one world antichrist Roman Catholic government and media. So, uh, Father, I pray that uh, this will be made very plain today, uh, that all the children of Israel are out on the uh, wilderness, and they were all baptized uh, in the Red Sea. They also were uh, uh, baptized uh, with the cloud. Uh, Every one of the people in Israel received that blessing, and they were led by that pillar of fire. All of them enjoyed that commonwealth of being saved and being led by you, Father God. And every single one of them ate the same manna, the same bread, angel food that came down from heaven that fed them for 40 years. And um, many of them rebelled. There was no such thing and still is not today because we're going to be reading from the New Testament and this says that this is the example, that this is the thing that you want people to know. That there is no such thing as once saved, always saved, unless they continue on being faithful to you, walking that straight and narrow path on a daily basis, taking up their cross, denying themselves and following you. And so, Father God, uh, bring this home to everyone today in the mighty name of Jesus that souls may be saved and the church, the body of Christ, strengthened. I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, here's some music for you. This is uh, the Alamo Brothers Quintet to sing for you, I've Got My Ticket.
Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free know there's a cross for everyone and I know there's a cross for me I said a consecrated cross out there till death set me free then I'll go home back unto where I know there's a crowd for me well I've got my ticket well I'm going to I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride. God gave me a ticket. I've got oh yes, he did. I'm gonna ride. Early one morning, search. I'm gonna ride away. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You know, the ticket that we have is that we are in the uh, in the Lord, and we're uh, all eating the same sacrifice and drinking the same sacrifice. We're eating the Word of God, which is the flesh of Christ, and we're drinking the blood, the Holy Spirit, which is the blood of Christ on a daily basis. And so chapter 10 in uh, 1 Corinthians, we're going to start right into it. It says, uh, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, because, you know, it's not good to be an ignoranimous. How uh, ignorant that, how that all our fathers were under the cloud. Because God, it was very hot in the wilderness up there in the Middle East, and God gave them a cloud to shade them during their sojourn to the promised land. So all of our fathers were under the cloud. All Israel was under that cloud, and all passed through the sea. He's talking about the Red Sea when it opened up and rescued them from Pharaoh's army. 
And uh, verse 2, And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. How could that be? Well, there was definitely a spray when the, the sea opened up and they were baptized in it and in the cloud. So all of them were baptized. They all were realizing the common wealth of the uh, of Israel. All of them had everything in common. They were all under the cloud. They all went through the Red Sea. They were all baptized unto Moses. Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, and did all, they all ate the same spiritual meat. So in other words, we all have to eat the word of God in order to be given the power to be in the commonwealth of the Lord. We have to drink the same thing, everything. We have to eat the same thing. They all ate the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. So there's no special people in the body of Christ. Uh, we all have a job to do. But we're all, we all, one thing that we must have is all things in common. In other words, we're all going to drink the same spiritual drink. And we're going to all eat the same spiritual food or meat. And it all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock. They drank of, in other words, Moses would, God told him, you hit this rock, this, uh, and water will come out, because they were all thirsty. I don't know how many people in this world have ever been thirsty. I remember when I was just a child, just a baby, I couldn't talk, and I was like, it was in Joplin, Missouri, and it was so hot, and it was dry, and I wanted my mother to bring me something to drink, some water. And she had crystal buttons on her uh, blouse, and I was uh, raising a lot of cane. She says, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I grabbed onto that uh, button. said, this is, it looks like water. Get me. In other words, I wanted to get it for me. And she could catch on. Um so we have to drink of that spiritual rock where uh, Moses, this is a very spiritual thing, he hit the rock and water came gushing out to feed all, to uh, give water to all the people in Israel and to their cattle as well. So they all drank from that spiritual rock that followed them. A rock was following them and that rock was Christ. Because Christ is the rock of ages. We, his word is like a rock that we can stand on because it's, uh, more powerful by far than the rock of Gibraltar. And everybody says the rock of Gibraltar. That guy is like the rock of Gibraltar. Well, the Lord doesn't want us to be like the rock of Gibraltar. He wants us to be like him, the rock of ages. We stand on that rock. Now, verse five, but with many of them. Now, here it goes to show you that there's no such thing, once saved, always saved. Verse 5 states that, but with many of them, 
God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. For what? Okay, we'll see. Verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. Because if you do, you're going to be overthrown. Because the word of God does not lie. If you think that you can get by with lusting, you're, you've received Satan as your God. So let's say that again. Now these things were our examples so that we don't do the same things that they did or we'll be overthrown and spend eternity in hell with them. Now, verse 6, now these things were our examples. Our, this is New Testament. There's no change. Right here it tells us, and many times in the New Testament, there are examples. We, in the New Testament, our examples to the intent that we should not lust. No, no, no. We should not, not lust after evil things as they also lusted. What were they lusting after? And what are we doing today that would be the same thing? We're, uh, this, the nation and the world is lusting. They're adulterers and adulterers are fornicators. And they're going to spend eternity in hell. They're murderers. They're murdering their own children. You're the same type of people that existed on earth at the time that God sent the children of Israel, the young ones, along with Caleb and Joshua, to go in and slaughter them. But now, see, the Lord is doing that, in case you haven't noticed uh, the earthquake in China and in Burma, the tornado or uh, the hurricane. Neither be ye idolaters, verse 7, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. A lot of people today are playing. Well, we all have to have basketball courts. We've got to have hockey. We've got to go to the zoo. we got to do... No, the Lord, they didn't have any of that back then. None of these people were playing basketball, football, baseball, ping pong. No, they filled the calf and they uh, worshipped it and was asking this calf, this image of a calf to take them back to Egypt so they could have onions, scallions, and leeks. Well, would you give up certain foods in order to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow the Lord? No. This is our examples. These people didn't have any other thing to eat either. They had manna from heaven, angel's food. And that, you know, would be sort of a monotonous diet for 40 years. But these people were rebels. All of them fell dead with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Verse 8. Neither let us commit fornication. Why, everybody, it seems like everyone and their dog is committing fornication today. It says, neither let us commit don't let us, neither, neither let us, we were not to commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day 
three and twenty thousand. That's twenty-three thousand of these. Um, are they once saved, always saved people? No. Twenty-three thousand dropped dead in one day. Okay, this is for you Baptists and you Catholics and all you other idol worshippers. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them, we didn't say all, but some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. The Lord sent a bunch of serpents to bite them and kill them. Verse, and because it'll happen to you. Can't you see it happening? Tsunamis, tornadoes, earthquakes in different places. A hundred uh, tornadoes already over Oklahoma because you people have been hearing the partial gospel for so many years, but you've been hearing a lot of uh, false doctrines such as, no, once we're saved, we're saved forever. We can still sin. One of those uh, people uh, told me uh, it was um, Dick Steins, my one of my attorneys, his paralegal says, well, I could commit murder every day and still go to heaven. Neither murmur ye. I mean, murmuring is just as bad. If it gets you to hell, what difference does it make? Where are you going to hell one, hell number two, or hell number three? Hell is hell, and the lake of fire is the lake of fire. If you jump in the ocean, what difference does it make if you're in the Pacific Ocean or at the Atlantic Ocean? You're in the middle of the ocean, and you're definitely going to go down. Or if you're thrown in an oven or in the lake of fire, what difference, uh, what sin you committed to get there? You're still in the fire. So one of the no-nos also is neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. The destroying angel came down, just one, and just destroyed them. These once saved people, the Lord saved them out of Egypt. But they were murmuring about that and complaining that they just had to have, they just had to have the taste of onions and leeks in their mouth. Because they let their tongues, and even their tongues, murmur. They let their tongues destroy them. The Bible says that the tongue has the power to destroy or to make make alive. And some people don't pay any attention to what they say. They lie about people that are Christians. And even after they're Christians, they start lying about people that are Christians, that actually save their souls, that led them to the Lord, and uh, fed them and clothed them and paid for their children to be born. And many of the children I've never, ever seen. And uh, they um, they say the most lying, demonic things because they're afraid of their mothers, that their mothers will destroy them. One of them was on TV the other day, and you could see her uh, beating up people and using profanity, and she's uh, bringing accusations against us. Okay, verse 11. Now, all these things happened, again, it's saying, unto them for examples. In other words, God's saying, here's a sample of what happens to you if you commit adultery or fornication 
or you're an idol worshiper, or you murmur about what I'm doing. I'm feeding you rotten people. But I'm so mindful to feed you every morning with manna from heaven. And I'm showing you that the rock of ages is Jesus. All you gotta do is just uh, Moses hit the rock, and water will come out and get pure, pure, cool, clean water for you to drink. And then you murmured. Well, the Lord uh, said, these are our examples. These things happened unto them for examples, uh, a sample of what's going to happen to us if we do the same thing. Now you say, well, uh, yeah, I did fornicate, but uh, Tony doesn't know it. You think he doesn't. Uh, but I know it. And uh, you want to know something else? God knows it. And you liar. God knows that you're a liar. Now, even I know because the Lord shows me things like that of people. And they are written for our admonition. In other words, he's admonishing us. Don't fornicate. Don't be a liar. Don't be an idol worshiper. And all the different things because you're all saved now. And so were they. Uh all the angels in heaven were saved. They were saved. But now they're going to hell and there's no stopping it. They've been thrown out of heaven and they're never going to get another chance to be back there. It's over and done with. So uh, these things are written for our examples and for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. All these things um, are going to stick with you right up to the end of the world. You went out and fornicated. You went and committed adultery. You went and had babies. And they're cursed. And you're cursed to the end of the world. Whom the ends of the world are come. All right. Verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. This is the word of God. All right, how could we fall if we're once saved and always saved? You Baptists better read your Bibles. Because this is the Bible that I know that you people are reading, but you don't take it to heart. You're mocking God. You're thumbing your nose at him. And uh, so he says, you think you're strong. Oh, we're Baptists, we're Catholics, we're this and that and everything. Take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. Verse 13. There hath no temptation taken at you, but such as is common to mankind. Everybody gets temptations. Well, I get Tempted to smoke. I remember I, you know, for 30 years of my life, I used to smoke. And I'm, I used to smoke about two or three packs a day. I'd have one in an ashtray burning, one hanging out of my mouth, and I didn't realize that I'm so busy. And I started to put another one in my mouth, and I found out, oh, I've already got one in there. And the Lord delivered me from that. All right? There hath no tempted, I'm being tempted now and then for to go back to smoke 
cigarettes, then cigars. Uh, take heed. The Lord told me if I smoke one more cigarette, that he'll, uh, that I'll be dead. And it's a good thing that I stopped because I've had upper respiratory problems. But I went on a health kick and I don't have that anymore and I've never touched another cigarette. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. It's all common. Uh, you know, I love uh, uh, cherry pie and cream pies and all this sort of stuff. And you go by the counter and pretty soon you overcome that by fleeing from the very sight of temptation. From the very thought of it, you flee temptation. There has no, there's no kind of temptation that has taken you, but such as is common uh, to man. Everyone gets tempted, but God is faithful, who will not let you or suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. And we are able to do all things in Christ Jesus, in the Spirit. If you're in the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry. You'll be able to flee from it. All you do is turn your head, and that's it. And um, but, uh, but will with the temptation, the Lord says, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Well, why do we have to bear it? Once saved, always saved, these Baptists and all these other religions say, these false religions. Well, that means that you'll be able to go through the temptation without having to go to hell. Because if you're tempted and you think, I'm just miserable, I'm full of anger, I'm angry at uh, this person or that person, or I'm angry at Tony because he's telling us what the scriptures say, that we have to deny ourselves and take up a cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, uh, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me, and there's a cross for you. Verse 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, uh, flee from idolatry. Don't, uh, if some uh, beautiful woman starts giving you the big eye, uh, and you know that she's not of the Lord, she's wearing the an outfit of a harlot, um, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, don't idolize her. Flee from that idolatry. Or if there's a man dressed up like a Fortune 500 man, he's very handsome. And uh, you women, uh, just uh, give him the eye and he's giving you the eye. The Bible instructs you. God is instructing you. Flee from idolatry because the Lord said, you women are to have one husband. One. Verse 15. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. In other words, I'm speaking as to people that fear God. And judge ye what I say. I'm telling you that there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. If you're going to be tempted, if you don't fight temptation and win, the way to fight temptation and win is to flee from it. Get your mind on the Lord and get away from it. Verse 16, the cup of blessing, 
which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Aren't we all drinking that communion? Just like the people drank uh, the communion of the Lord uh, that we just read and uh, ate and uh, drank the blood of Christ and drank of the same water, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, but it was water that's necessary for the a continuation of your human body here on earth. The bread which we break, is it not the communion, the common thing that we all do, the communion of the body of Christ? What is the communion of the body of Christ? Well, symbolically, we break up the matzah crackers. Some of them are about six inches by six inches square some different sizes. So you break it up, which is symbolic of the body of Christ, which is broken for you. We are the body of Christ, and we must be broken in order for Christ to enter into us and give us the spiritual strength to be able to continue on in the Holy Spirit and to continue doing the will of the Lord. So the bread that we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? In other words, this uh, we have to be broken so that we can commune as Christ did with his disciples. We are the temple of God. God dwells in us. In my Father's house are many temples, are mansions. And so he dwells in many of us, and so the communion of the body of Christ. So we have to commune with each other. Now, if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're not going to be able to commune with one another as the Lord communicated with his uh, disciples. So we're communicating with each other, which sometimes we have to rebuke one another, we have to admonish one another, and we have to uh, give credit to and uh, honor to uh, him who honor is due. If we see somebody that is uh, honorable, then we have to give them um, we have to give them credit. For we, being many, are actually one bread. But that bread, that matzah has to, that unleavened bread has to be broken and has to be consumed. So we're eating of his body. In other words, we're doing things that we must do, that we've been instructed to do from the word of God so that we can have true communion one with another. We, Because we're many people, but we still have to be uh, uh, one mind, eat the same bread, the same manna, and we're just one body. So we gotta get along together. My, uh, I can't get along, my body can't get along with me if I take my fist, double it up and hit me in the head and hit me in the chest or hit me or kick myself someplace in my body. So we have to get along with one another so that people can see that we truly are the body of Christ. For we are all partakers of that one bread. You don't see a loaf of bread smashing one another and uh, taking off in some direction. They, the whole loaf is together. 
and we are like one bread, one body, the body of Christ. Verse 18, Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar? Yes, all of Israel had to, uh, they all ate of the sacrifices. They all ate. They didn't go to a Wendy's or a McDonald's or to uh, some cafeteria someplace uh, or uh, any other place. They all ate from the same and drank from the same cup. They all were partakers of the altar. They uh, So they would slaughter these uh, animals, uh, which was symbolic of Christ being slaughtered in the future. And they all ate the flesh of these animals after they were well done. Anyone that eats rare meat, that's against the word of God. You're going to catch all kinds of diseases. Okay, now 19, verse 19. What say I then? That the idol is anything, or that which is uh, offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Verse 20, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice unto devils and not to God. And um, you see these Catholics, they've got all kinds of statues. They pray to Mary. They're doing that unto Satan because even though Mary and some of the saints were really uh, good brothers in the Lord, they're not to be worshipped. We're to worship God and through Christ Jesus. And uh, now these are examples, and this is the word of God, and we have to pay heed to the word of God unless we want to go to hell in the lake of fire. So they uh, sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would, I the Apostle Paul, would not that ye should have fellowship. You're not even supposed to fellowship with devils. Well, is a prostitute a devil? Yes. Is a loose woman a devil? Yes. She may look beautiful on the outside and very tempting to you, but if you could see uh, inside her that spiritual evil, uh, satanic spirit in her, you would run uh, like a deer from her because you're looking at something that is even worse looking than Lena the hyena. Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. So you people that say that you're once saved, always saved, let that be riddled into your spirit. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and then sin and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Now, this is a good thing to remember because you cannot sit down with Satan at a peace conference because Christ is the Prince of Peace, and Satan, he all he comes for is to destroy, to murder, to kill, murder, and to uh, steal. 
Now then, where are we? Verse 22, do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Verse 23, all things are lawful for me. In other words, I can do anything that the Lord tells me to do, but all things are not expedient. Um, many times I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a cross, he's saying. It isn't necessary for me to do everything that is legal for me to do. All things are lawful for me. I mean, because I'm not breaking the law if I do what the Lord tells me to do. Some people may think that I am because they don't know the Bible. But uh, they will call Jesus or they'll call me a sleaze pot. But they're the sleaze, they're the chaff, they're the goats. But all things edify not. Verse 24. So uh, everything that I can do may not be... Uh, we have to walk by the Spirit. We have to do what the Lord is telling us to do on a moment-to-moment basis. If he's not telling us, uh, okay, it's lawful to do this, but I don't want you doing it now. Because the Lord does talk. He uh, wrote the whole Bible. And he talked to all these people and gave them, by the Spirit, the things that they're supposed to lay down on the uh, paper. Verse 24, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Well, in other words, this also goes to say that we to prefer others before ourselves. That we are to treat every human being as though they were Christ. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Wait a minute, I want wealth for myself. Yeah, that's what the world says. But they may make some wealth, but they die and leave it to who they don't know. And they don't know if it's their own son or daughter, uh, what they're going to do with it. It's like uh, Mr. Onassis that went on to be uh, wherever he went. And uh, his daughter spent the money that he made in a hard way, I imagine, uh, on different, uh, and other woman, I can't remember what her name was, but she uh, bought husbands. That would uh, make most men that made uh, billionaires that turn over in the grave to see their money being squandered like that. So let no man seek his own. But uh, every man another's wealth, because if you do that, then God is going to give you wealth. What you sow, you're going to reap. Now 25, verse 25. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat. Uh, asking no question for conscience sake. Okay, verse 26. For the earth is the Lord's, it belongs to him and the fullness thereof. So, you know, the Lord says, eat that which is convenient. So if it's, uh, uh, you're hungry and it's in the shambles, well, go ahead and uh, eat it for your conscience sake. Verse 27, if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, that you don't believe in Christ, but they're asking you to come to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, 
whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. And so whatever food they offer you, but everything that God made is not food. No, snails are not food. Uh, pig meat is not food. If they're scavengers, lobsters, crabs, um, shrimp, all these things are not food. Verse 28, but if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols. In other words, we've got a lot of prostitutes over here and you want to have sex. Uh, absolutely not. Unto idols, flee, eat not. For his sake that showed it. Well, how is that going to help him? Because he's going to see that you're truly a Christian and you're not going to be swayed by anything. So many people pretend like they're drunk and they're Christians just to impress the person that invited them to the party. But this is wrong because you're not an example. Uh, you're supposed to show this person you owe him uh, to show it unto him for your conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's. A lot of people think it's the devil's, and that's why they're all joining up with the Antichrist and doing all these things that are going to cause him an eternity of misery and um, anguish and pain. No, but the the earth belongs to the Lord. He made it, and it's his. And it belongs to his people. We are the rulers of this world. We preachers and teachers and pastors. And the fullness, the Lord is the, he owns the earth and the fullness, everything that's in it. Verse 29. Conscience, I say, not uh, thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? No. Verse 30. For I, for if I by grace or power of the Lord in me be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? So I'll say that again. If, uh, if I by grace or power of God be a partaker, of all the benefits of the Lord, why am I evil spoken of? For that, for which I give thanks. People speak evil about we Christians, we who are the body of Christ. But we make that stand, and because of the stand that we make in the Lord, we get, we're evil spoken of. But um, I give thanks. That's what Paul's saying. Verse 31. Whether therefore you eat, or you drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Make sure that the people that you're eating and drinking before, that uh, you're not going to um, go beyond the borders of the word of God. You're going to stray right in that frame. You're not going to get outside the picture. Verse 32. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Well, what does that mean? 
well, the things that you're saying offend them. Well, that's just too bad, because if the word of God offends them, then let them be offended. But what the, uh, Paul is talking about is give none offense. In other words, don't withhold the word of God from anybody, because that will be an offense unto them at the judgment bar of God. Neither don't give any offense to the Jews, because they need the word of God. And don't you be ashamed to preach the word of God because it's the power of God unto salvation, uh, nor to the Gentiles. You owe them because they are Christ. Uh, and the Lord's going to say, I was there and you never gave me the word of God, the words of life, the, the spiritual manna and the spiritual drink, the blood of Jesus. You never told me about it. And so they'll be offended so give none offense like that, neither to the Jew, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Don't you uh, offend them by backing up like Reverend Hagee just did. He is coming down on the Vatican, which I thought, well, that's one good thing that he's doing. And then all of a sudden he apologized to them. That is an offense to the church. It's an offense to the Jews. And to anybody, it's to everybody it offends because they're going to think, well, I think Hagee is right. And uh, he's, he apologized to the Vatican. For what? That's an offense. And all the people that believe you will be offended at the judgment bar of God by you. Verse 33, even as I please all men by giving them the word of God, uh, in all things, everything that's in the Bible, not seeking mine own profit. Because many times I have lost business deals by preaching the word of God to them. They say, if you believe that way, we don't want to know anything about you. But the profit of many, uh, I, 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 I was not seeking my own profit, but I was seeking the profit of many. I'm preaching the gospel to the entire world, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. People have to believe or they go to hell. That they may be saved. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Now that's the end of chapter 10, and I doubt if you've ever heard it on that wise before. Yeah, am I right? Will you buy my rice now? Okay. Now, we have some letters. Where is the first one from, Sharon? From Ghana, Africa. All right, that was chapter 10. We just finished it. We'll be on chapter 11 tomorrow. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear what they say there. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, Please, sir, I would like you to give me space to send you greetings and to thank you for the materials you have sent to me. May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you abundantly through all his riches. When I went through your literature entitled The Messiah... My mind has changed through the Spirit of God. Now I know that I was lost, but now I have been found and have renewed my mind. I'm therefore born again in Christ Jesus and am a son of God. Please, Pastor, I hope that you would send me a Bible and remember me in your prayers in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. May the Lord God richly bless you for the good works you have been doing. Once again, God bless you, Pastor Tony. Amen. Yours faithfully, Philip Kwaku from Kumasi, Ghana, Africa. All right, do you have another letter? Yes. Let me hear it, please. From Zambia, Africa. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, greetings from the body of Christ. 
I am so much blessed by receiving the spiritual literature and the Bible. I thank you for the good, wonderful gifts that have helped many people to accept Jesus as their own personal Savior. Many people have confessed that there is encouragement and spiritual growth in your gospel literature. Allow me to appreciate God for your ministry. I say continue the same work as we continue spreading the gospel of our Lord and Savior in all the continents. I appreciate God for having a general messenger that he has raised up in this generation. Last but not least, some people are willing to have some more gospel literature to help them grow in the word of God as they continue reading it. Indeed, God shall remember your work. Thank you, yours faithfully, M. Chela from Ndola, Zambia, Africa. All right, well, the Lord says that you're going to perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings. All of us would perish quickly. And look at the way that these storms and the pestilence and everything that's hitting people today, how that is just taking thousands, hundreds of thousands of people's lives. The Lord is doing that because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Well, what does that mean to forsake the Lord? Because if you're not preaching his word and living uprightly before people, you're forsaking the Lord, and so he's going to destroy you. The Lord shall make the pestilence, which is different diseases, sicknesses, infirmities, cleave unto thee. It'll just like uh, be fused into your body. Cancer, leukemia, uh, all the different AIDS and the, uh, all the things that you see happening in the world. Uh, tsunamis, uh, earthquakes, floods, whatever. The Lord shall make the pestilence of all these diseases to cleave unto you until he have consumed thee from the land, uh, whether you goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflama- uh, inflammation and with an extreme burning and uh, with the sword he'll have you murdered and with blasting. I'm reading from the Bible and I, if any of you think that I should apologize, uh, you're going to hell so you just go there. All right, blasting, and with uh, mildew, and they shall pursue thee until you perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass. You won't be able to get one prayer up there. And the earth that is under thee shall be iron. You won't be able to plant anything. All right, so I see that our time is up, but I'll continue with these things. And that's why you people are being cursed. Now, if you want these tornadoes to go away, if you want sickness and disease and infirmities, all the different things, the evil things that are happening to you, it's because you're not following the instructions of the Bible. And uh, you just heard chapter 10. Well, anyway, it's time to pray. Now, one of the worst things you could ever do is... uh, Say, no, I don't want to be saved. Or you don't. Well, why do you think so many of you are being killed? Why do you think, as I said before, 
This is not Mother Nature. God promises it. He says, I'll make these pestilences cleave unto you. I'll send, uh, you know, the heavens will be brass. You won't be able to get through to me. Because you have forsaken me. And you forsake me, you're forsaking the wrong person. I'm God. I have the power to pull the breath out of you and send your soul square into hell. And later, the lake of fire. And there's nothing that your hand or all the hands in the world can do about that. That goes for you government, antichrist people. You people that have taken the antichrist, you're following his doctrine, you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And there's no forgiveness for that in this world or in the world to come. So beware, beware. All right, say this prayer. Uh, don't turn Christ away any longer. Say to the Lord, I don't care who you are. Say, my Lord and my God, or who you think you are. My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins, and I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father God, Lord as the Spirit, Holy Spirit, wash all my former sins away, my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away that calls upon you. Well, Lord, I've called on you. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord and give all the glory to the Lord. Because all I did was preach his word and broke it down to you so you could understand it. No glory goes to me for that or anybody else except God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. They, those three are one. All right, now, Sharon, uh, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 676. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Well, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message just from the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. It's powerful, and it's sharp. It's able to get right into your spirit and live there. Praise God. All right, um, we have another song here. This is myself uh, singing, uh, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms with J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet. Leaning on the Everlasting What a fellowship, what a joy divine Being on the everlasting arm What a blessedness, what a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arm I'm leaning, forever leaning That's why I'm safe and secure from all along 
resting on Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way Leaning on the everlasting on Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day Leaning on the everlasting on I'm leaning forever That's what faith and secure from our love I'm leaning, I'm always leaning Oh yes, I'm leaning on the everlasting arm What have I to dread, what have I to fear Leaning on the everlasting arm I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear Leaning on the everlasting arm I'm leaning forever leaning That's why I'm safe and secure from all alone I'm leaning, I'm always leaning Oh yes, I'm leaning on the everlasting arm I'm leaning, forever leaning That's why I'm safe and secure from all alone I'm leaning, I'm always leaning Oh yes, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms 